Well, it is 2023. It is a new year. And yet we have one more uh, tie back to what came before in December uh, as we celebrate Epiphany today. As I said earlier, this is this is what the 12 days of Christmas is in reference to, is counting from December 25th for 12 days, you end up on January 6th, and that's when the church celebrates Epiphany, the coming of the Magi or the wise men to see Jesus and the story that we've just read. As I mentioned, it is understood to be the first um, revealing of Jesus to the Gentiles with these three foreign Magi, and I want, I want to look with you at their story today at uh, what we might learn from their example. You can't always do that in the Bible. Sometimes the human examples are bad. You don't want to do what the humans are doing. Um, But in this, like Herod, don't ever imitate Herod. Um, But in this case, the Magi were uh, seekers who paid attention to what was going on around them and particularly to what God was doing. And they uh, experienced the, the presence and the revelation of God in Christ So I noted a couple of connections back to December, uh, and I want to note these to you. These are some themes we talked about in the weeks leading up to Christmas. I asked the question, is God trying to get your attention, and what is God saying to you? If we tune in, if we focus, if we listen to God. Uh, Another question, how do you bring into focus in your life what God is doing? And then finally, what does it look like to believe God's promises and participate in God's story in word and deed? And we looked at uh, stories of of Mary and the the nativity story, and these these questions came up when we would get to the application for us. (coughs) Well, these three, three or four questions uh, are still front and center here with the story of the Magi, but it's maybe uh, maybe a, one more way to hear these questions and try to apply them into our life as we look at their story. I think, among other things, they are wonderful examples to us of what it, what it means to focus, to listen, to pay attention to what God is doing in the world. And part of the premise of all this, which I think is backed up by Scripture, is that God is still active. God is still speaking and working and doing in the world around us. And so the invitation for us who would follow him is to pay attention, to tune in, to listen, to be a part of what God is doing. So in terms of paying attention, I want to tell you a little bit about the Magi and then highlight this wonderful and holy trait I see in them. You, like I did, probably grew up hearing them called the wise men, uh, or maybe we three kings, we just sang about that. The best uh, we can tell, the best scholarship says, they were, they were not kings themselves, but they represented kings. They were most likely the, uh, the wise advisors in the courts of some Mesopotamian rulers and kings. And they, uh, kind of two things were going on. They were envoys to uh, bear greetings from one king to another, and they were scholars who paid attention to what was going on, going on in surrounding countries, and they had determined that there was a king to be born born in Judea. And so they went with these gifts to uh, greet the new ruler, the new king. They were, among, among their scholarship, they would have been widely read and studied all kinds of things, but they would have been astronomers. Don't get that confused with astrologers. Um, they were astronomers in the sense that, that we understand it. They would study the stars and their movement and notice significant events in uh, the heavens, and they paid attention to that. And one of the signs that uh, back in those days people believed 
signified a king being born or a significant event on earth was a, you know, a star or an eclipse or some event in the heavens. And they, they determined that something significant was happening over in Judea, and they would go check it out. Where I'm going with this, this is on the slide up there, is they paid attention in two ways. They paid attention to their surrounding world, and that included the, the heavens. They, they studied the movement of the stars. The Bible talks about uh, God revealing himself in two ways. One is generally through creation. God made the heavens and the earth and the stars, and, and Scripture tells us uh, that that creation reveals to everyone all are held to account that there is a creating force, uh, an all-powerful being, a God behind the nature, behind the world that we see. And so by paying attention just to nature, uh, our, our spirits should, should be led towards the existence of a God. Now, we don't get all the particulars of who God is or how he works or anything like that, but that's the idea of general revelation, that we all are held to account that there must be uh, an intelligent, powerful being that has made everything around us. That's why we often can go um, you know, hiking or go to the seashore or see a sunset and be inspired by it. Right? This isn't just a random event. This is, a, this is beauty. This is creation. This is order. And we're uh, particularly people of faith are drawn to that. It's, oh, God made this. But even people uh, of a different faith or no faith can be inspired by nature. So they were paying close attention as scholars to the heavens and, and what they might signify. But they also, we're going to find out when they get to Judea, and to, they go to the king's court, because if a, if a new king's being born, who else would know but the existing king? And there, we're, we're not sure, but either for the first time or they already knew, they were exposed to the Hebrew scriptures, which promised the birth of a king, the Messiah. And some of these specific prophecies, like the one we read at the beginning of the service, about Bethlehem being significant and a child being born, and so we're told at least that when they got to Herod's court and Herod said, what are they talking about? His advisors pointed to the Hebrew scriptures and, and the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem. And the Magi listened to that and went on there. Now, it may also be the case that they, being widely read scholars, had also read the Hebrew scriptures and knew those things. But either way, they not only paid attention to God's general revelation, they also paid attention to the scriptures to God's specific revelation about what he was doing in the world. And so they followed on to Bethlehem. We live in a world, and even in a church, um, not necessarily our church, but church in general, where there are seekers in the world who are paying close attention to nature and the world around us, but they don't have the specifics of the Holy Scripture. It's also the case for some of us, maybe, who grew up in the church, we have ready access to the scriptures, but we're not particularly seeking. We become indifferent to the truth. What the Magi demonstrate for us and hold up to us as example is the, the way that God uses both general revelation, nature, and the, the specific revelation of scripture to draw people to himself. And it's an invitation to us to eyes open, pay attention. What is God doing around us in the world? And what has God told us in his scripture? And what has he shown us in his son, Jesus Christ? So there's a few verses in the middle where you, get the, you come to understand as the reader that Herod 
isn't excited about the birth of a king and he's, he has a plot going. We're going to kind of move past that because we want to stay focused on the Magi. But again, that's why I say don't imitate Herod. But I want to look um, at three uses of the word worship. Uh, it pops up three times in the story today. The first time is in verse 2 when the Magi come to Herod and they say, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. We've come to worship him. The word worship literally translated uh, means to bow down or kneel or even prostrate yourself before a king or, or God. But the, they're early in the story. They, as envoys from Mesopotamian kings, their use of that would have meant simply we, we want to bring gifts, we want to bring greeting, we want to honor this new king. Just like if you had gotten to go meet the, the Queen of England some number of years ago, or the king now, uh, when you come into her presence, you, you bow, you curtsy, you show respect. So they, they were looking for the king in order to come show respect, to bow down, to worship. So it's a little bit different than the way that we use it you know, when we gather here on Sunday morning. A little bit later, verse 8, they come to Herod. He says, oh, you're, you're on to something. I, I would like to know about that. My advisors tell me something significant's happening. Uh, if you find him, tell me, because I too would like to worship him. Now at that point, Herod has heard the interpretation of the scriptures. The Messiah might be being born here. Um, he knew there was something bigger going on. So it's you know, his use who knows what he meant? It may have been, oh, I too, I want to show respect to this new king, but you also know he's plotting. He also may know there's something religious going on here and there's some tinges of worship. By the time you get to verse 11, and the Magi have found Mary and Joseph and Jesus, and they realize this, this is a humble family and a, a baby that's being born, and he's not in a palace, and they're not wealthy, they do present their gifts. But it's much more likely, and they've heard the, the specifics of the scripture about this Messiah being born. Uh, God has, speaks to them in a dream. Uh, it, it's likely what they do then uh, when they fall on their face before the king is to truly worship him. It's no longer just greetings from their, uh, their king back home or even the giving the gifts as a, hey, uh, you're a new ruler, here's some gifts. Uh, we, we read that they... Really both. They, they saw the child with Mary's mother. They fell to the ground and worshipped him. And that's the very uh, real godly sense of worship. They, they were yielding and humbling themselves before him. And, and the, their gifts at that point start moving from the, you know, the special envoy phase to the more of what we, we might think in the sense of taking an offering or offering our own time or talents or resources to God. They, they were giving these these gifts now, not to a fellow king, you know, another country's king, but to the Lord. So it just opens up kind of a whole new understanding of what they're, we're doing there. My question for you is, do we, Americans, many of us grown up in the church, do we have any inkling of what would, what would drive the chief advisors of the king of a, a huge country, Mesopotamia, a huge region, uh, to fall face down in the dirt before a tiny baby? I mean, they, they encountered the point of all this that had been revealed to them in nature and in scripture. They realized this is the child. This is perhaps even God in front of me. Um, I find in myself, you know, these stories are so familiar. Um, I, I feel like I miss the, the power and the intensity of they have encountered God 
in the flesh. All the stories we told and read and heard leading up to Christmas and on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, they experienced it. So I, I think my, my hope is in telling their story to you, you get a glimpse of that, that Jesus is more than just this literary figure, this holy man, this wise teacher. He was and is God in the flesh. And while he invites us to a, um, a, a personal and a familial relationship, um, he is still holy and powerful and the creator of the universe there with God in the beginning. And, and very much so, uh, our response uh, still would rightly be just to fall on our face and worship, bow down before him. So I want, to talk, I want to go back to the idea of paying attention and talk about how we might uh, cultivate in this new year some tools of take some next steps in focusing and, and paying attention to what God is saying, what God is doing around us. These, again, are the two premises that lead up to this that we see in the story that God is still speaking. God has not grown silent. God still speaks. God still works in the world, is, is still active bringing glory to himself, establishing his kingdom, inviting people to participate in it, be a part. He's still redeeming. He's still acting uh, with justice and compassion and holiness and love and mercy. How do we participate in that? How do we, how do we focus and tune in? When Jesus says, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men and women, how do we do that and not just stay tuned out? Well, I'll offer a couple of things. These are not... Uh, I mean, I think these are obvious, um, but they're obvious in the way that, um, you know, a New Year resolution to lose weight involves things like uh, watching your food and exercising more. They're obvious, but we need to hear them again and again and, and incorporate them into our life. So how do we tune in to what God is doing and saying and participate? Well, with the Magi's examples, we pay attention, right? Often we've had um, dinner church Wednesday nights, we've talked about in the church the you know, beginning the day with prayer or the, the coming week by saying, God, I believe you're at work in the world. Will you help me notice what's going on around me? Uh, the person that uh, needs uh, an encouraging word from me or, or, or would welcome uh, my prayer or my involvement or relationship, will you show me the opportunities that you've surrounded me with to obey you? Right? Otherwise, it's so easy just to walk through our day and and do our, you know, our apps and our, our jobs and our tasks and just be tuned out, right? Can you imagine God, God like, um, you know, radio station, it's on all the time, but we either have it turned off or we have it dialed to some static. God invites us through the example of folks like the Magi's to pay attention, to notice, to, to focus in. Another way to do that is to study God's word. We have wonderful opportunities for Sunday school, Bible study, uh, here at the church, do it on your own. But, but again, if you can reimagine that slide where God speaks in general revelation and then the specifics of scripture, the way you're going to hear is to study it, right? Notice, like the, you know, the, uh, if, if the Magi truly were aston astronomers, they didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, look, there's something in the sky. They probably took measurements and tracked night after night, noticing where things were, it was very regular and habituated. That's how scientists, that's how astronomers work. That's how it should be with our study of God's word, right? Daily, be in God's word. See what God is teaching you. See what new thing God is teaching you the next day and where God is leading you. Um, engage in worship from the heart. I mean, worship is at the core of the story we've read today. 
Worship is where we come into God's presence and we yield ourselves, we bow down, we kneel, and say, God, what do you want me to do? What are you saying to me? Um, how would you lead me? We yield ourselves and make ourselves available to God. That all, those are acts of worship to do that. We offer ourselves heart, soul, mind, and strength just as they offered those gifts. Uh, we have opportunities to offer what we have, not just treasure and resources, but our time, our attention, our passions, our habits to say, Lord, you are worthy of all this. Thinking about those astronomers tracking every night, God has given us a kind of template for that in the establishing the Sabbath, one day in seven, so that we don't just haphazardly enter into worship, but that we, week after week, we come into God's presence to worship, we go out and live in the world, we come back into God's presence and worship, and we go out and live in the world. It's a it's a very almost scientific-like model for how to live. These are all tools that God gives us, better than any app, uh, a tool, tools that God has given us to focus, to pay attention, to realize that God's working and God's speaking around us. And here's the good news. God won't disappear if you look away, but you'll miss out on what all God's doing. So the, and maybe, maybe at the end of the day that one of the simplest illustrations is that one of a radio, right? Tune in. There's only one station that matters. <laughs> tune into it. There's a whole lot of other static you can tune into. But God is speaking and, and doing, and it's all being broadcast, right? Dial in. Um, there's an old saying. I think it's uh, maybe a little bit trite, but a particularly good, good way to end today with the story of the Magi. It's that saying that wise ones still seek him. That's the invitation. Be wise, be faithful, be tuned in to what God is saying and what God is doing. That is, I can't think of a better resolution this day and every day, and it's my prayer over you and my prayer for myself as well. May God give us ears to hear. Amen.